Welcome to Becoming Outdoors. I'm your host, Brad Halfager. Today I've got Lauren Fagan, outdoor enthusiast. Now, Lauren, I wanted to bring you on the show to kind of just talk talk about kind of some myths out there. Think, you know, women in the outdoors, hunting and fishing and stuff, is something you don't see a lot of. And I just wanted to get you into tell your because you do you don't just hunt, you fish, you 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 don't just deer hunt, you turkey hunt, you duck hunt. You're you're you do it all. And uh, and I just want to get those get that out there if you can share these experiences. They might be some little young young ladies out there that that might have that interest but don't really know how to get started in it, or or maybe not have that role model to take them and 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 want to get out there and do it. So if you would just share a little bit about what got you involved in wanting to be take a part of hunting and fishing and all the all the outdoor sports that you do. Um, it all started probably when I was really little. Sundays on our family farm, we all got together, all the cousins, and we'd all go fishing. Just pond fishing when kids are young is what's going to get them hooked on it. A pond that has so many fish in it that it doesn't matter what you throw out, the fish are going to bite on it. Because if you take a kid fishing and they don't catch anything, they're probably not going to want to go again, as sad as it is. Um, so getting them hooked on it the right way when they're little, if just one after the other, somewhere that's loaded with bluegill or something. And, I mean, that's how we were all raised, and we look forward to it every single Sunday. And you was doing something with family. Oh, yeah. The cousin time coming out there and probably had competitions. I, I know, you know, there's nothing miserable as a kid sitting there. You know, you got to be quiet. You know, my, I used to go with my grandpa. you got to be quiet. Shh, shh. And then, you know, can't, couldn't move, you know, and it was it really wasn't fun. But yeah. then, you know, if we called a bunch, it was fun, and you didn't you didn't care. But – you're right. Having them set that foundation for them, so you know, finding a pond or or a good time, knowing what time of year to go and everything is good. Now, what did y'all take part in, like shooting sports too, together and things like that, or did you just what branched off into the hunting and in in uh, other things? Same thing of BB guns turned into twenty twos that turned into four tens that turned into bigger guns, um, going after bigger animals, but. Um, I want to say, heck, it all probably started squirrel hunting maybe or dove hunting and kind of grew from there. But my dad never really was big into hunting. I think it was my brother that really got us into it. But it was it was always kind of a competition thing of who could catch the biggest one or who could, you know, get the most birds or stuff like that. It's so like a sibling rivalry, in other words, oh, a cousin sure. rivalry. And yeah. Which some people get into it later of like mm-hmm. – um, our school teams of trap shooting and stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't know if there's any in the Upper Cumberland, but I do know like 4-H has some. I know they do some shooting. I know in Southern Tennessee, there's there's those Scholastic Trap and and and, uh, and Skeet, and then there, I, I, I would imagine there's some American Legion and some things like that have that to get involved in the shooting sports. And they scholarships are they give out a lot of scholarships for riflery and things like that. Even the, the BB guns. Oh yeah, there so. Now, what's your favorite out of all those activities, the hunting, fishing? You know, what's your favorite? Oh, I know it's, it's, that's hard because, I mean, what, do you have a favorite? It is a very hard question. Um, I really like deer hunting, and I really like turkey hunting. Duck hunting is more of a social hunting. It's just great to get together with the people that you love to do that with because you don't have to worry about how you smell. You don't have to worry about being quiet. You can cut up. I usually gain about 10 pounds every duck season. All you do is laugh and eat and have a good time. So if nobody's ever gone, you should definitely go. But that's a toss-up between 
turkey hunting and deer hunting for sure okay now and and do you have a i know you fish because i've seen you your boat and everything do you have a favorite fish species to go after or you just kind of go for whatever's biting at the time i really like bass fishing um large mouth and then the bass on center hill they call them kentuckys Mm -hmm. of the spotted ones um those are really fun i really like bass fishing do you do any tournaments or anything like that i don't um (laughs) i don't consider myself that good as far as you've really got to know your bodies of water and i'm not a fancy fisherman i don't have the live scope technology where you can go out and hit some structure and see if there's fish there and it'll show the structure under the water of like a brush pile or something if there's fish there or not um no pretty old school well that and that's myself i enjoy i enjoy getting in you know i don't getting on in the boat and going places that my dad took me or my grandpa took me i had a sign that used to hang up at the marina i worked at and it said remember when your gps and your fish finder was wrapped up in one faithful unit called grandpa and that's kind of the way we would go you know places that he's always fished and that i've always fished and then you know my son it was funny i was telling him this is where your your great grandpa used to take me and then you you know your pa's taking he said why don't we catch any fish (laughs) i'm like well that's a good question you know it's not always gonna it's not called catching it's called fishing exactly and i really think that's how it should still be you don't want to get me off on this tangent of the live scoping i do feel strongly about it i've done it to try it because it was on a boat out at real foot i was no good at it i was kind of just like what am i even looking at there's dots on a screen and stuff like that but i really love the traditional way and using those people that know where the fish are based on water temperature and weather and stuff like that instead of technology stay tuned for more with lauren fagan welcome back to upper Cumberland outdoors today i've got lauren fagan outdoor enthusiast Uh, lauren you've talked a little bit about what got you involved in in the outdoors as a female and that you know the outdoors is for everybody you know no matter what race creed color anything that, that someone is the outdoors are for everybody to enjoy um, you know, like I said, there is a myth around that saying, you know, hunting and stuff just for, that's hogwash. I mean, I know some of the best hunters I know are females. What would be some challenges that, that maybe you, you, you had to overcome getting involved in this sport a little bit, you know, uh, you know, there is a myth around it, like, you know, that hunting is bad for the animals and stuff that people that don't understand what an actual hunter, you know, the following the rules and, and going out in, in a good hunt and doing what, what that actually does to the population of the animal you're hunting and, and the animal control and things like that. Um, you know, let's get into that a little bit. What, what, what was some of the challenges you, you had, you know, with that, going, going through that? Um, some of the challenges just as being not only am I a female, but I'm a small female. Of, I'm not six foot three, you know, I can't pull back a 70-pound bow. That's one of the biggest challenges um, is finding things that fit you. So guns, I have a custom uh, 12-gauge that's, they call it a compact, but it's just to make adults feel better about themselves. I think it's essentially a youth model. Um, But keep that into consideration. And then as far as how much weight you can pull back with a bow, you're not going to be able to take those really far shots that you can if you're pulling back 70 pounds like I'm right at. 40 50 pounds um so i don't take shots farther than 30 yards just that that's my preference you can go farther but um challenges wise that's that's probably the biggest one and then just people's misconceptions of you pull up to a boat ramp and you're a girl all by yourself 
and all the old men are going to come over and ask if you need help, and, which it doesn't bother me. That's fine. Just not used to seeing it, I think. Of Don't let that kind of stuff get here. Well, you know, I work at a park with a boat ramp, and I've seen so many domestics at a boat ramp because the couples are trying to back the boat in, and they – and and I'll be honest with you, a lot of a lot of a lot of women can back a, back a boat trailer better than a man. And a lot of times it's the ego thing. Oh, I'm a man. I'm a big man. I can. And I mean, this woman, I, one of the cases that sticks out in my mind, she was like, you know, let me do it, let me do it. And finally, he's like, if you want to do it, then you get on in here and you do. It. And buddy, she, the whole ramp applauded because I mean, she, it was backing up. People were getting mad, and uh, got it in there out of there. I mean, so yeah, I understand. I, I see what you're. It does kind of stink. Um... It takes a lot more time of your personal time if you go by yourself, which is just usually me and the dogs. But if somebody offers to just put my truck in, if I don't think they're going to sink it, I'll be like, yeah, sure, no yeah. problem. If, I'll take it when I can get the help, but it's not necessarily needed. It's just one less step I have to do. But What kind of dogs do you have? Labradors. You got two of them. I do. Yeah, and so you use them with duck hunting. Do you use them? With, are they good dove dogs too? Or are they? Yes. Um, my yellow dog, I love her to death. She's getting old. Call her Nanny P now. She's getting old on me. She sleeps in the bed every night. So does my younger one. I don't kennel them or nothing. So they're spoiled duck dogs. They dove hunt and duck hunt both. My male could be better. He's young though. So older yellow lab I have. I love them to death. Those are my kids. But she's the greatest dog she's really good dove dog really good duck dog but she's done she's retired so you've got so you 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 run the dogs you use the dogs for the of course you need a good duck dog when you duck hunt but in the same thing with dove and then you mentioned about you know getting things fit to you you know like like you mentioned the 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 compact gun or the the shotgun and things like that what about dragging a deer out if is that could that be an issue for for someone you know that's an issue for me i mean i'm I'm telling you I, i you know, would you recommend quartering it or learn how to quarter, or do you did you do that, pack it out, or you just got some no. things that help you? you I got... do not pack out unless you're in a spot where you just absolutely have to. I mean, it's in a gully where four wheeler can't get to you. But I'm originally from Ohio, and the deer up there, even field dressed, sometimes are 300 pounds or more, so they're huge. If that was a challenge for me in Ohio, but the deer here in Tennessee, no problem. It's no big deal. I haven't had an issue yet, but the hills here, if one were to roll down into the bottom, probably quarter it out. But I have yet to pack out a whitetail. Some equipment that you might think someone might, you know, if, if they're as they're hunting, what's some good gear that would that you say that helps you out? I have horrible circulation. My hands and my toes get so cold, and my sister has like the electric socks i think those are hazardous number one i don't recommend them (laughs) the best thing that i could harp on that i have it's the one thing that's worth spending money because you can either have a one to two hour hunt where you're miserable and it's so cold your toes are so cold to where you quit and you miss an opportunity on a really good deer just because your body couldn't take it anymore or you could spend two hundred dollars on i have thermosel heated insoles that slip into my muck boots and you can custom fit them to slip in any shoe size. And then you Bluetooth control them from your phone. You can turn them on off. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like low, medium, and high. And they last forever. And that way, there's no excuse for why you're going in early because you're comfortable. That's a, so the, and that was called the? Thermosel heated insoles. You can go on Amazon and get some cheaper ones, huh. which I have those too, just as huh. a backup. 
That's something I'm going to maybe keep for work because yeah. <laughs> my feet get cold. Yeah. Well, stay tuned for more with Lauren Fagan. Welcome back to Overcoming Outdoors today. I've got outdoor enthusiast Lauren Fagan with us on the show today. And Lauren, we've talked a little bit about your, you know, what got you involved in the in the outdoors and and, and taking part in hunting and fishing and you know and you don't just do, you know, you're the type of outdoorsman that people should model themselves at because you don't just do one thing. You know, so many and and, that, and there's nothing wrong with doing one thing. I know guys that just do. I know guys that just deer hunt. That's all they do. They just deer hunt. They don't turkey hunt. They don't. Do, but you you do you dabble in all of it you know you 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 talk about um going dove hunting and and duck hunting and uh those are those are some dying i mean the dove the dove season i mean it's quick but you know we don't hear very much you mentioned squirrel hunting you did that as that's the things you don't really hear a lot of the youth taking part in anymore and and that's uh i got my start like i said squirrel hunting we would we didn't have dogs so I'd rabbit hunt too. We didn't have dogs. We were the dogs. Yeah, Dad was, we didn't you know, either. we'd go around this big bus pile and dad would put us through the middle and the rabbits would run out and they'd shoot them. We'd get mad. And then he, we'd, same thing with the squirrels. We'd go and then the squirrels come around the tree and then they'd get them. So, you know, that was one of my early experiences on. And then I branched off into deer hunting and then turkey hunting. I've heard is just, and, and I enjoy going, but a lot of the people that really enjoy it, it's just like they say, it's just that challenge of getting you're up because you're up close and personal with the mm-hmm. with the turkey correct yes kind of kind of Hopefully. describe that you know um it's kind of like guerrilla warfare in the woods so to speak i don't know <laughs> that's what i always tell people. it's it is really exciting and to be able to communicate back and forth of you're trying to paint that picture just like in duck hunting with the decoys and the calling um you're doing that as well turkey hunting but really just beautiful beautiful birds um, I would love to go and kill a Merriam somewhere out west or something like that. Being able to call them in and they're calling back of you're talking to each other and getting them as close as you can. Um, it is pretty neat, too. I did this one time. Hopefully I'll do it several more. But sneaking up behind the decoy and crawling behind it. Of Turkeys are very smart and then sometimes not so smart. And those not so smart times is when you end up getting them. But their depth perception's a little off, um, but movement—they'll pick up on movement. Yeah, and so it, it's a challenge. And uh, do you do you use a blind, or you just or you just kind of open? I don't. I feel really restricted in a blind, and sometimes you get to where you think they were roosted last night for some reason. They may have moved, or you hear one that's coming from a different property. In a blind, you're kind of stuck there. I don't know if you've ever seen the video of the guy that picks up the blind and runs across the field in it. <laughs> yes, <laughs> not, yes. Not the greatest idea, but so <laughs> if you're stuck somewhere just at the bottom of a tree and get sneaky and move off somewhere else, which is, ends up what I have to end up doing just because of property lines. If they don't work out, so you move to the next spot. Now, if you had any advice to, to a young lady that may be listening that, that's got that, you know, interest or whatever, what would be the advice you'd give to it? If you could talk to yourself as a young 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 woman, what would be something you'd tell yourself about getting involved in hunting and fishing? Just don't get discouraged because of any reason. Um, growing up, my brother sometimes wouldn't want to take me or you were seen as kind of a hassle. Don't be around those people. Be around somebody that wants to see you succeed. And those are going to be your old timers, most likely. Um, this year I got to go on a deer hunt, I'll never forget, at the very end of season. But it was with those older folks that have been there, done that, know a lot, and can teach you a lot. 
just be careful who you go with. You want to go with somebody that's patient and that's going to take the time and teach you the right way. Because not every hunter is a good hunter of following the rules and taking ethical shots and doing it the right way. And I'm glad you brought that up because, you know, when – in the hunter safety course, and when you take that, it, it talks about being a good hunter mm-hmm. and what that means. And, of course, it's not, you know, there's you, there's taking the clean shot, but there's also, you know, being a good steward of the land. You know, if someone's gracious enough to let you hunt on their property, you want to treat that better than you would your house. I mean, you, you want to leave it better than when you found it. So, I mean, you, sure. you don't want to leave a bunch of trash and, and things like that or, you know, like you – my dad used to laugh at me. He said, there's no way, you know, I can always spot you with your little Debbie wrappers, you know. So you know, go back behind you, pick up the little Debbie wrappers on the ground, you know. And, and uh, that was always my go-to snack, you know, oh, gr- hunting, I'm you know. I'm guilty of the little Debbie. <laughs> <laughs> and so you want to – so that's where the Hunter's Ed course is a great, great option too, uh, taking that because it teaches you about, you know, the, the firearm safety and, and all that. And, and it breaks all that down and t- teaches you about how to be a good hunter. Well, Lauren, thank you so much for coming on the show and talking about your experiences. And you know, if you're if you're listening and you're and you want to get involved, whether you're male or female, you know, Lauren just happens to be a female and, and loves it all. She dabbles in all of it. But you know, the outdoors are for everyone. And want to hear these stories and 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 experiences. You know, just I had a guy tell me one time I was getting ready to take up running, and he told me, you know, the, the hardest thing to do is get up every morning and put on your running shoes, and and that, that's right. So just go. Oh, you yeah. know, just go be outdoors. And, that's and, I agree with you. That's a big thing with hunting. The hardest thing to do is to get up when you know how cold it is. You may or may not see something. You know, nothing's guaranteed. It's the hardest part is getting up and going. Well, Lauren, thank you for being a part of the show. This has been another great episode of Upper Cumberland Outdoors. Let's get outdoors.